Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everybody. It's 134 in Edmonton, 334 in Boston. The Oilers and the Bruins tonight. 530 puck drop. Uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet with Jack and Louie and Gene. And on the Oilers Radio Network with uh, Cam Moon, uh, along with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Brennan Escott, and myself. I'm Bob Stoffer, and uh, we're here to tell you that Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton op- owned and operated for over 50-plus years. They've got 15 Edmonton and area locations for in Calgary, one in Redder. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza, still making a great staffer recommendation, is the Mediterranean chicken. We're going to double dip here with John Shannon. He is our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And John Shannon is our NHL insider, brought to you twice a week by our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How are you? Okay, Bob, I want to know how many cups of chowder. None. What? You can't go to Boston and not have clam chowder. No, I uh, very simplify. You know what? I don't I don't go too far from the hotel. Uh, Every we did hotel go to in Ch- Boston has clam chowder. Yes, it does, but I don't <laughs> like getting both both a burger and a sandwich and soup for lunch. <laughs> You know, I don't I'm, know, Bob. I, I don't know. I think you're, you know, you you might get docked some travel pay for that one because you got to go to Boston. You got to have chowder. You got to have chowder in Boston, eh? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I've only wist, I only witnessed a couple traditional uh, mass, you know what, uh, whole uh, arguments between people out on the streets that had me chuckling. I mean, that's what I came for when you come here. Uh, look, this is an amazing U.S. city. It really is. Yeah. Really, yeah. I, I don't think there's any debate about it. And John, these guys got a heck of a team, don't they? They do. Uh, it, it's 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 amazing when you look at the last two decades of the success of sports franchises in the city of Boston. And right now, they're really enjoying the success of the the Bruins and the Celtics. The Celtics are, you know, the best, you know, arguably the best team in the NBA, too. So when you have your two winter sports teams do so well, and after years and years of the Patriots doing what they did and the Red Sox doing what they did, the sports fans in New England have been spoiled, to say the least, for a long, long time. Yep. Uh, you know, and I, I think we discussed this once before. I was a Red Sox fan as a kid. Uh, a lot of my buddies were fans of the Cincinnati Reds of the 75 World Series, yep. you know, st- you know, Carlton Fisk trying to get the, uh, you know, the home and turn out to be the, the, the game winning home run. I believe that was in game six and the Reds came back and won game seven. L. T. Uh, you know, Louis Tiant as, as, as the pitcher. Uh, it is, a, I love Chicago and I love Boston. 
And part of the reason is when you're privileged to do this, John, for a career and a living, and it's never lost to me what a privilege it actually is. Cities like Boston, Chicago, they love their teams and they love sports. You know what I mean? They do. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, there is a, a real passion for it in, in those two cities. And, and and you could put New York in that, too, but New York's so darn big, it, it, you know, you're going to succeed no matter what. Um, and and, and as, as a city, you know, if you, not to be a, a, a tourist promoter of Boston, but ever since they did the famous Big Dig for $50 billion, the whole personality of downtown Boston changed. And it's such an easy and fun city to get around in. I, I love going to Boston and wish I was there more than I go now. Well, I, you know, hey, I actually got in a 25-minute walk last night. Uh, as you know, a group of us uh, went, went to the basketball game and I, instead of taking the public transit, decided we'll use our own feet. And it was awesome, let me tell you. Yeah. All right. Uh, one of the genesis of the conversation that we had on today's show with Louis DeBrusque earlier was just what we're watching on a nightly basis. Talk about privilege with Connor McDavid. And is Connor McDavid already in the, the group of the greatest players of all time? And I would make, I have a little bit ter- different perspective on winning because more so than ever in team sport, it is about team. And it is, you know, especially in a cap system, it's about building a team around great players. And look no further, John, than a sport that doesn't really have a salary cap. And that's just, you know, soccer and uh, PSG with, you know, a front line of three of the most expensive players on the uh, planet with Mbappe and obviously, uh, you know, Lionel Messi playing there now. Uh, now, they did have a significant absence in their lineup yesterday, but they got torn apart, absolutely torn apart by Bayern Munich uh, because they don't have the rest of the infrastructure built around the team, and Neymar was not available. Uh, but I've got Connor already in the top five all time. I think he's that special, that good, that much better than everybody else. Am I looking at this with Oilers' uh, jaundice glasses on? Where do you have McDavid? Well, I mean, you, if he's in the top five, that's Orr, Gretzky, Howe, and Sidney? Is that who you're, the other four are? I might be inclined to put Lemieux ahead of Crosby, but Lemieux won twice and Crosby's already won three times. And yeah. there goes my argument about winning, right? Yeah, I, I think, and I, I have, we, you and I have discussed this many times, um, particularly when it comes to hockey. I, I think championships are really important uh, for greatness. Um, you know, as as great as all of the guys that you that we've mentioned are, you know, if Wayne played 23 minutes, there's 37 minutes that the that his Edmonton Oilers teammates played on and played for and won championships. You know, this is, in my opinion, this is the ultimate team sport because of that. Yep. The ultimate team sport because you you can you can be a dominant force in our game and still play a third of the game, uh, and that that's the real challenge of how we measure things. You know, I'm not on the Hall of Fame committee, but I've often argued with friends that are, and I'm saying, well, where do you put Stanley Cup championships in getting to the Hall of Fame? 
and they all have differing views of where championships come from. I think championships are important. Um, you know, and, 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 and by the way, that has changed over the decades, too, because when I started to have an opinion about this, you know, NHL players weren't going to the Olympics. And Olympic gold medals have to be considered part of this as well now, if and when NHLers go to the Olympics. And I, I do think we're, they're going to go in Italy in 2026. So that means we'll see Connor in a, in a Canada jersey. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so for, from that perspective, from a pure individual point of view, I, I certainly think he's, he's, he's in any conversation when you talk about individuals that play the game uh, at an elite level. And, you know, that's Wayne, that's Mario, that's Bobby, or um, I, I've, I have a bias to Crosby, I guess, because I've seen him play so much and been around him so much. 100%. That that he does everything so well, and I would put Connor in that boat too. Uh, but the difference for me is that you know Sid's got Olympic golds and Sid's got three Stanley Cups. Yeah, and so here's I mean it's interesting. Like you look at Gordy Howe. So when was the last year Gordy Howe won the Stanley Cup in Detroit? Well, that'd be fifty. Five, I think, 54, yes, 55. Yes, you're right, 54, 55. So in the final, so, you know, starting in 55, 56 for the next how long? 15 seasons that he was in the NHL, the Red Wings did not win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And for the first 12 of those years, there were only six teams in the league. Yeah. This is the and, point and, that, and, and truthfully, Bob, I still remember as a kid being told that Gordie Howe was one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time, and I could, I could never understand it. Because really? we didn't, we didn't, we did not see him at his peak. Because we didn't see him at his peak. You know, right. there, television was. I mean, we didn't. Have, I wasn't born in 1955. You know, we didn't see the Red Wings play very often. We heard them on the radio once in a while, but we didn't see the Red Wings play very often. And by the time I became consumed by this game, the Red Wings were sometimes. I mean, they didn't get to the Stanley Cup final. So you you just you didn't you didn't understand it, but you had well, to and I, and I you guess read I, the books and talk to people. You realized how great he was. I mean, I'm going to circle back to what uh, Brian Burke used to say on our show, Bob. There's, you know, at the time, 31 NHL teams. In theory, that would mean you'd win once every 30 years or so, and the, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. And it's not a cop out, but. You know, I brought this up with the listeners before. John, you were working these broadcasts back then. The first two years, the Edmonton Oilers finished in the bottom third of the standings both years and made the playoffs. Yeah, we so had 16 think, teams in 21, 16 teams made the playoffs out of 21 team league, yeah. So think of the 17 18 Oilers and the 18 19 Oilers. They were in the bottom third of the league. They weren't great teams. They were, I mean, they were in the bottom quarter of the league those years. Mm-hmm. But. In a different time and place, they might have, those teams might have been playoff teams, and who knows, maybe they win a series or whatever. You never know. And so yeah. I look at, I, I personally believe I've got Connor top five all time. I don't think we've ever seen a player this advanced. I totally understand fundamentally the winning, um, and the impetus was on the orders to build around him. Tonight, I think, John, we are going to get a fairly good opportunity to evaluate without 
overemphasizing it, where Edmonton's at in all of this. What do you think? I mean, the Oilers did not have Matthias Ekholm, nor Evander Kane, nor Nick Bukestead in the lineup the last time these two teams met less than 10 days ago. It should be a heck of a night, and we should have a pretty clear, by the time Edmonton finishes boss playing Boston, Toronto, two of the top three teams in the NHL in the next couple games, John, I think we might know what we got here. I might have a better idea of where we're at. What do you think? I think that's a, those are important standards to be measured against for sure. The other thing I think, uh, I, I think we we also get the players understanding where they fit into all this because I, I I maintain and and have maintained it since they played that Monday night against the Bruins is the players understood they could actually compete at that level, but then saw what it took to to be that great, and you saw that reflected in the game against the Maple Leafs. And you saw that reflected in the first two and a half periods against Winnipeg on Friday night. Um, and I, I suspect we're going to see the same thing tonight and on Saturday against the Maple Leafs. Yeah, now, it should be a kicker. Is, now, these are great measure. These are great measuring stick games for a team that is still trying to measure itself and how great it is and what it can be, and it, what a reflection it will be if they're able to to prove to people that they belong and that top echelon of the National Hockey League. Now, Connor McDavid missed last year's game in Toronto, and there were not fans at that game. Due to, he was in COVID protocol, and the league was basically in the COVID shutdown. So he has not played in Toronto since he scored that all-world goal against Morgan Riley. Morgan of course, Riley, yeah. the Oilers took care of business against the Leafs quite decisively last week. Uh, you were around when Wayne, and I know Wayne's told me the stories, told us the stories as well about when he roared in early in his career. I remember he had the six-point game uh, late in the 1979-80 season. Uh, that was a game where the late Don Ashby got a hat trick, a former Maple Leafs first round pick for Edmonton. What do you, do you remember when Wayne? How big of a deal it was when Wayne came to town with the Oilers Roadshow back in the day? Oh, it was wild, and and we were also talking at a time when Maple Leaf Gardens wasn't as secure as Scotiabank Arena or TD Garden or or Rogers places, so that the you know the the players had to walk out onto a public street to get to the bus. So the amount of people that were waiting outside the arena just to get a glimpse of of the Oilers, get a glimpse of, you know, a, a, a kid from southern Ontario, remember, who was, was, you know, turning the National Hockey League on its ear, it was, it was remarkable. You know, Toronto and Montreal, both places, uh, were absolute havens for the Oilers because I think that uh, they received more respect in those two cities than they did anywhere else, and that automatically gave them credibility around the National Hockey League. John, great stuff. Thanks for your time. We'll talk on Monday. Okay. Now, pregame meal. Have the chowder. <laughs> the, the, the soup adds five pounds to me, just like the camera adds about 25 pounds. So then, as my wife would say, well, that means there's four cameras on us. Uh, well, there's going to be three uh, next Tuesday and Thursday. Look forward to it when you're in Edmonton, John. Cheers. Cheers. That is John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. It is 149 at Edmonton, and we'll wrap up Oilers now with this day in Oilers history for New West Travel when we return. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Leon Dreisaitl, second in the NHL with 96 points. Leading the National Hockey League with 26 power play goals. This is Oilers now. It's 152 in Edmonton. The Oilers in Boston tonight. That's a 5.30 puck drop. The face-off show will begin at 4 p.m. As we head off to this day in Oilers history for New West travel. We're going to go to Cali this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. And back in the 630 Chad Studios, he's going to go back 22 seasons. Here's Brendan Escott. 2001, when goaltender Tommy Salo recorded his second consecutive shutout, 23rd of his career, the Oilers won their seventh consecutive game, a 4 nothing win at Buffalo. That was their longest win streak since March of uh, 1987. Oilers took the Dallas Stars to six games in the 2001 playoffs. This year, Mike Comrie got an overtime winner for Edmonton. Um, They missed the playoffs the next year in 2001-2002, despite the fact that Tommy Salo had an unbelievable start to the year. Of course, Salo gave up a pretty infamous goal for Sweden in the Olympics, ultimately won by Canada. But Edmonton was the second-best defensive team in the National Hockey League and missed the playoffs. All right, here's the plan. I already mentioned it. The Oilers in Boston from the TD Garden face-off show at 4.05. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, uh, Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, Brendan Escott, myself. At 5.30, we'll have the game for you. Tomorrow, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then Chelsea Bird has Chelsea on Chad today from 3 until 4 o'clock. Back at you, 4.05, live from the TD Garden in Boston.